Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup. I'm your host, Jared Petty, joined today by... Greg Miller. Hey, how are you? Greg Miller of Kind of Funny. Good to have you here. Good to have you. Me here. You here. You're on my set. I don't know. It's weird. I'm on your set. Yeah. The, Game this, Over Greg Show. Kind of Funny.com. Exactly. This is the um, the magical traveling set, which is uh, me, the GoPro, and the two mics. Yeah. And the sound gear are borrowed from Brian Altano. You got the right idea. This yeah. is the right idea. Trust me. We have the complicated setup and bringing people here, and it's a pain in the butt. Well, we'd like to improve it eventually, but this is where we're going to start. Okay, so cool. We get this kind of weird fisheye effect going on. Yeah, yeah, it's like a skate video from back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. It's extreme. Extreme. Actually, probably not a little What's Bam Margera going to do today? So this is our inaugural show, Greg. This is our first episode. You are our You first are doing... Oh, I'm going to be the first one. You're the first guy. Explain what this show is, then. Pockets Full of Soup is a storytelling show that goes off the idea that everybody has a story to tell. Sure. Uh, I, and not just about themselves, but the people who make them who they are. Gotcha. So I'm going to start with the same first question that I start with every week. If yeah. You're you ready to go? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Right. I'm ready to go. Greg, uh, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. And see, this this is I told you before, because you gave me the rough synopsis of this show. Yeah. Is it I pick one person for the whole show? One person for this whole episode. Do we yeah, curse it doesn't have show? to. Uh, you can curse if you okay. wish. It's up to you. It is entirely up to you. Um, some guests have cursed. Uh, I imagine some will choose not. It's completely yours. Well, I just want to make sure I didn't in your inaugural show drop an F-bomb right out the gate that so like screwed everything up for it's you. It's up to you, man. But whatever the case, understand this is not the person you're most thankful for necessarily. It's sure. just somebody you're thankful for. Shit. So tell me about somebody you're thankful oh, for. Oh, man. Yeah. Who could that be? I don't know. There's so many. I'm th- I'm a thankful person, as you know, Jared. I, I imagine I, you are. I, I try to be nice to everybody and thank a lot of people. You thank lots of people, and you're nice to everybody I know. I mean, I've never thank seen you be you. mean to anybody. Yeah, I can't yeah, think yeah. of a time you were mean. Well, I hide that pretty well. Okay. I mean, you talk to these guys in this house, I mean to Kevin too much. Okay, well, I mean everybody. Colin and I will get at it once in a while. <laughs> I mean to kids on the internet all the time. But who are you thankful for? Who's somebody you want to talk about today? Do I have to have met them in real life? No, this can be any human being on the planet Earth. Living or dead, living or dead. Yeah, I'm thankful. To someone you're thankful for. God. All right, I have my pick. Get your pick. All right, who's it? Who is it, Greg? I want to say that I would have said Tim Grant. Okay. You ever heard my Tim Grant story? No, I haven't heard. I feel like I've done it on too many podcasts at this point. You know, I don't want to give you. I don't want to burn. I don't want people to be like Tim Grant and all this stuff. Tim Grant's a little boy I covered with cancer. All right. He changed my outlook on life in a lot of ways. Okay. I wanted to throw. I throw out Irene Haskins. This this is how you get around it because you just. I just lie about it. This is the thing because we're hopefully going to have you back. So it's not. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like you're you're excluded from talking about. You know, more than one person. On I just feel like I tell the Tim story all the time. Well, tell the story you want to tell today. I love telling the Tim story though. Yeah. Do you want to tell the Tim story? Yeah, probably. Because you're gonna have new listeners, right? Yeah. Not everybody listened to my episode of Dancers, probably. I think that I think that it is safe to assume that there will be at least five new listeners. Thank you very much. Then here we go. So the story goes that I went to a little school called the University of Missouri. Yeah. The number one journalism school in the country. Okay. Arguable. Not but, Brown. Not Brown. Not Oberlin. Not Iowa. Well, it was all, come on. It's always it's always Northwestern versus Mizzou okay. in, or Medill even in Northwestern, which is like, that, how pretentious can you be? That your uh, journalism school isn't even called like Northwestern. It's Mizzou. We have our own. Mizzou's better. We have a region. So while I was at the University of Missouri, mm-hmm. the local paper, the Columbia Daily Tribune, covered this little boy named Tim Grant. Okay. And they put out this giant piece on him one Sunday, and it was all about he was this child when when they were covering him, he must have been what five. And he had this super rare cancer called neuroblastoma. Neuroblastoma. What about what year was this, Greg? Oh, man. If I'm in school, it must have been about, I'm thinking that it's 2004 that I read about him in the paper. Uh, and then I go to work for the Tribune uh, 2005, right after I graduate college, so into the summer. Okay, so you're reading about this. You're in college, right about to graduate. I read about it. It was a story about Tim Grant. 
kid has neuroblastoma. He's from a small town on the outskirts of Columbia. And, uh, you know, it's a super aggressive cancer. They're going through this crazy treatment. Story ends. He's beaten the cancer. He's cancer-free. He gets to go about his life and grow up and be amazing. Okay. Don't think too th- – never think about it again, really. But you know it sticks I mean? in your mind. You remember reading it. Exactly. I remember because it, it was such a well-done piece. And, it, you know, going to – the journalism school at Mizzou, right, in Columbia, you're reading so much that, like, we're talking and critiquing these articles and pulling them apart and talking about why they worked and why they mattered and why they Do didn't. you remember who wrote the piece? Uh, I can picture her face, and I want to say it was Sarah. I worked with her for probably about three months at the Tribune before she bounced. Okay. Uh, so I, while I'm still at the journalism school, we go over for a tour of the Tribune, and in one of those, we were, like, in the printing press room right there, and we're with this guy, Jim Robertson, who is in charge of the editorial department. Yeah. And, uh, I just have a moment with him where I'm just like, so are you, are you guys like, you guys like hiring? And he's like, are you asking for a job right now? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, send me your stuff and maybe, yeah, you know, maybe we could look into it. And I sent him my stuff and I got the job. And I had the job secured that I was going to graduate. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I did a summer program. So yeah. I, I walked in the, you know, the spring like you do, but then stuck around to do my capstone class. Okay. So, the, so you finished off there. And this guy that hired you, what was his name again? Jim Robertson. Jim Robertson. Was he like a, a Jane Jonah Jameson like uh, like editor? What, a little bit of... more soft spoken than that. Okay. But like definitely that vibe. And, I, and like, you know me pretty well. Yeah. You know that I like Superman a bit. Right. When I get hired there, literally day one, because I'm an icebreaker kind of guy. Yeah. I ask if I can call him chief. And he, he says say? yes. Or he says yeah. So I called him chief. I still call him chief to this day when I see him in the, no in the very rare occasion. Yeah, but very Jimmy Olsen thing. But he thought it was the funniest thing, and then he's like, sure. But it was like a good icebreaker because I was like, I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes. He knows I'm young. This will be a good way to do it or whatever. So this guy hires you. Just kind of he's like, hey, why not? Uh, yeah. You send him his stuff. Yeah. He hires you. You call him chief. Yeah. You come to work at the paper that wrote the article that you read about right. this young man. And I'm general assignment at the Tribune. And okay. literally on day one, I walk in. They're like, you're gonna work. Tuesdays through Saturdays. Okay. I'm like no big deal. And as day one's wrapping up, my other one of my the uh, another mentor, another guy I'm thankful for. That I'll t- I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point. Yeah. Uh, George uh, Maserat comes by, and he's like, "All right, cool." And like you know, blah blah blah. And like he's like, you know, you start you start later on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And I'm like, what what? And he's like, you start late. You're the you're the you're, they didn't tell you this. And I'm like, no. He's like, you're, <laughs> he's like, you're the night shift on Friday oh. and Saturdays. Like they hired you to be general assignment reporter, and you come in at like four in the afternoon or two in the afternoon four in the afternoon and you work to like two in the morning okay covering everything that happens and it was like oh so you're the didn't newspaper know late shift right. exactly yeah, yeah yeah now now for people that weren't around for back when they printed these magic sure. things called newspapers exactly if you finished working on a newspaper at 2 a.m was that going in the morning edition uh depends on what how crazy that story was usually no you know okay. what i mean like the the i and i'm it, the thing was that the trip well, the, the way the tribune worked and i'm very rusty on this you're a good journalist that's the first time i've been asked that in a long time the tribune was an afternoon published newspaper Okay. So it would be that, and like it was one of those weird things where the way Mizzou works and why it's such a popular school for journalism, right, is that there's two competing newspapers in Columbia. There's Columbia Daily Tribune, which is run by professionals out of college or whatever, da da da, and then the Columbia Missourian. And the Columbia Missourian is this weird hybrid of a newspaper and the school, where oh. all the editors, all the people who are like in charge of it, are journalists they teach at the school they do all the stuff but the staff every semester is the students wow so when you go to the school like that's always their big they're gonna hang their hat on is the fact that if you come here for a journalism degree 
you are going to leave with journalism experience. You okay. leave with a, a giant clip file of everything you wrote. So this is, in a way, like while it's still a, a liberal arts school, it's also like a trade school where you're 100%, immersed in what you're very, doing. Very, very okay. much. And that was what drew me to it. Like, you know, I was talking about it. Like, I was a terrible student in high school, hated high school, <laughs> just despised it because it wasn't applying to what I wanted. Yeah. And then when I got to Mizzou and it was very much like, you do this to do this to get the, and it was like, oh, this makes sense. I will apply myself for all in, in all of these classes because I know it's going to pay off in what I want to do in the end. Okay. Which was important to me. So the Missourian, the, the not the student newspaper, because on top of that, there is a th- a third student newspaper okay. for the for the school. But the student, you know, staffed editors, they're a daily paper. The Tribune is an afternoon paper. So there's a lot of staff going on. Did you did you ever work for the student staffed paper before moving over to the Tribune? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, well, I did that while I was still in college. Like, before I went to the Missourian, even I went to the Man Eater. So which first is student staff, then the Missourian, yeah. then the Tribune. Right, that right, your, right. That was your path. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you made your way to the Tribune. You're working on an afternoon paper. So that means they publish about well, what time? It, it means deadline was I rough. I'm rusty. Deadline I think was 11 or 11:30 every morning. Okay. But then and then the paper got dropped at like you know four in the afternoon or whatever on people's doorsteps okay. printed and out. But I think on the weekends, yeah, it was different that we had a late. I, I was working late along with George, so it must have been yeah that we were getting it in to get it on people's doorsteps. So I think it all pushed back to where Friday and Saturday you were publishing your your de- the deadline must have been poof, midnight one thirty or something to get it there to get it out. Okay, so I have to ask on a tangent here. Yeah, did you? Ever once yourself or see anyone else yeah. run through the room screaming, "Stop the!" Person. No, because it costs. It, God, that screws everything up. You okay. can't do that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm watching Batman v Superman, and like yeah. Perry White goes in there to pick up spoilers. The end of the the paper from the end that says, you know, Superman's dead or whatever. Okay. And like he walks over and picks it off, and he's got a tie. And I'm like, no, they would not let you do that because that's gonna get caught in the roller and kill you. Oh my! Like so you know you what I mean? You can't do that. You can't. Oh, have you tie. can't have hanging clothes. That's like the whole thing about that. Like the, dangerous industrial. Hundred percent. Yeah, those things will those things will tear your arm off and not care. No, I worked in a textile mill. There were there were huge. Mm-hmm dangerous mm-hmm. things around there was a, a machine that was giant metal legs that right. stuff upward and they were super hot yeah and moved on to convert that was weird super yeah. hot giant metal legs yeah, uh, yeah that's also my european techno pop band uh but jared yep yeah. so we cut back to uh we cut back working at the tribune i'm a general tribune. assignment reporter and f- what that means is uh and this always cracks me up too god i'm making a lot of batman superman references but people <laughs> the batman superman right they uh, somebody was critiquing it on twitter one day about how like oh and then su- they just tell clark to go cover the sports one day like what, how would that ever happen i'm like no i was like no that was my job yeah like that's a real job in a paper like you fill in the gaps you go do all this stuff you're a swiss army knife exactly okay and so you know, month or I guess Tuesday through Thursday, the job was very much like I was doing fluff pieces and this, that, or the other, or writing long form content for the Sunday. Like, here's this feature. I'm doing a business ah. profile. Like, one of my favorite ones I ever did was a. Uh, there is a, a you know sex shop in Columbia that's really famous and open at all hours. And so for the business thing, one day I finally convinced them to let me go there, and I spent like eight hours there on a shift with them th- to like four in the morning. No kidding, and just like, writing t- like an embedded exactly story. talking about what you know interviewing the people who are working there, what their story is. People would come in, I'd come up and be like, hey, I know this is weird. Can I interview you? And like, some were like, yeah. And some were like, no, fucking way. Don't get away from me. You wow. know what I mean? But it was, an, it was super fascinating. And like, that was the fun shit I got to do where I got to do these amazing features. But then it was also like, all right, this senator is giving this speech and the politics guy's over there. So you go there. And, but, and then it was like, on the weekends, it was totally like, you know, there was this really famous court, uh, or this really famous. This is man, we're super inside of Columbia, everything now. No, this is really okay. Okay, this is how the stories work. There was a, you know, there before I got there again when I'm working, or no, I'm sorry, before I got there to work at the Tribune, when I was still in school, there was a really infamous murder of the Columbia Daily Tribune sports editor. Oh wow, he got killed in the parking lot. 
uh, and it, it eventually ended up on Dateline a couple times, all these different things, and like Keith Morrison came through. But this is like years and years and years. And finally, they got the the killer, the guy that Ryan Ferguson, who got convicted, got out because they're like, there's not enough. They overturned the verdict, brought him Whoa. out. And I don't think they ever got the other guy out because he was the one who died. It was like, it was, it was this huge brouhaha. Or Holy whatever. cow. But uh, that it was the thing of like, when that verdict came through, it came through late on a Friday, and so it was like all hands on deck. And like, so I went from like right. I always make I always make this joke, but it was a real thing where I pitched a story about Millie's Quilt Shop that was doing something <laughs> on a Saturday. But I'd go from like talking about Millie's Quilt Shop or going off to interview the guy whose photo was going to be used for the Columbia Festival of the Arts poster. I'd do all these like fluffy, weird things, and then all of a sudden be thrown out into like go get reactions on this or. All right, your Mizzou just beat uh, Kansas. They tear down the, they've to- torn down the goalposts. You have to go out and cover the scene in the streets. Or it was this thing of like you know the one that really rocked me. I mean, th- I was talking about like you know coming to IGN and then even our lives now, right? Like yeah. every day is and was a vacation based on the fact of like you know there was this other one. This one I'll never ever shake the story of. Uh, this guy's getting married. He's it's it's his wedding day. Uh, it's small town Missouri on the out because it's like this weird thing when you talk about Missouri, usually people's thoughts jump to like you know country bumpkins whatever. And for yeah. me, I think of Columbia, which is a smaller San Francisco. It's a or it's it's a it's a smaller Austin. It's a liberal college town okay. that has all the amenities you'd expect. But then you get twenty minutes outside of Columbia, and you are getting to population whatever and high school football is our life and da 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 very red. You know what I mean? The blue cities in the red state. Right. And so. Uh, in one of these small towns, uh, this guy's getting married. It's his wedding day. Everything's amazing. And, uh, his mom and his sister, and I want to say somebody else in the car, but I think it was, maybe it was just his mom and his sister, little sister went off to get their nails and hair done. They got it done. They came back and hit by a train killed on the wedding day, you know, hours before the ceremony. And so like when that happened, somebody else covered the news, but then they wanted a, a you know this whole like feature on it. Yeah. So I had to be the guy going around this small town in a shirt and tie, asking about this. I'm writing about this, leaving notes in their mailbox because I'm not gonna come up and knock on your door right. or this. Going to the service that was like the entire town and all the surrounding towns to where I was standing for this funeral in the back, in like the um. Uh, breezeway that's not the right thing but you know what i'm saying door yeah. not you know there's the front door and then there's the door to the actual cathedral or whatever right i'm out in that area right there that area is called the nave i believe thank you very much i was searching no after. no the narthex not the nave. okay the narthex, okay the narthex sorry and so i'm sitting you know but it's like all these weird things where it was this constantly vacillating scale of like cool you're gonna do this and all right you're gonna do that and there's like okay this is really sad and this is really like there, i always talk about it. there's one where you know i i, I, I my editor george would always give me shit because like on friday nights at like 10.30 is when like things would really start slowing down. Yeah. So I'd always go over to the AP. We had an, an embedded AP reporter, and he was the only person with a TV and cable. Okay. So when he wasn't there, like on 10.30, he's not there. I go and I sit at his desk and turn on TV, and I'd be sitting there with my tie undone eating Chinese food. Okay. And he always come by. He's like, you are the stereotype for a reporter right yeah, now. Yeah, you know you're what I mean? sitting like, there watching a TV with your loose and tie. Yeah. Chinese. It's amazing. Oh, he needs a little little hat with a little thing. He's in pressing it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, they, they we're sitting there like one of those days, and it was always George always had the scanner on his desk. And uh, he, you know, one day just stand, he, I always stand up when there's something big happening. And again, like there's me, th- there would be a cycling, there was another cycling person. Cause it was like, you took shifts when you weren't the general assignment where like, all right, every two months or whatever you work on you know, a Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And then there was like the, the, this woman, Ruth, who's super nice. And I forget, she just answered phones or whatever, but like, there was like five people in the office, not including okay. photographers or whatever. And he'd jump up and be like this. And there was one time where you got to go like, 
somebody on the most wanted list they think is in this bus. SWAT teams have been deployed. And Donovan was like, yeah, you know, we jump yeah. on my Ford Taurus, me and the photographer, <laughs> drive over to where they have this bus held up, and you get there, and like we get out and we run up, and like the cops are like, get the fuck back, what are you? Doing? They've got like the M16s, and they've got yeah, this yeah, bus there. with like spotlights all around it. This is a very interesting college town you're 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 reporting. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like Columbia, like you know, if I always talk about it, if Columbia had an international airport, it would be Austin. Okay. Every like because that's, that's the, the biggest drawback. They do an awesome film festival there called True False that's been mm-hmm. gaining a lot of momentum. But it's like okay, cool, you want to go? Like there's the regional airport that like you know the fucking propeller planes fly yeah. into, and then there's Kansas City or St. Louis, and those are two hours away. So it's like, do you want to fly somewhere and then drive in? Everybody's like, no, I don't do it. So you start working at this newspaper. Yeah, yeah. You start working there on the late night shift. Yeah. Uh, you're there Tuesday through Saturday yeah. into Sunday night. Right. And you remember that, you know, we, you've read about this young man in another newspaper story. So what happened is eventually somebody comes up to my desk okay. and he's like, have you ever heard of Tim Grant? And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, they explained the neuro. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I read this story. I want to say it was Sarah, but it wasn't Sarah. It was somebody else. I, Rachel. Okay. Tall blonde woman. I remember her. Ra- now, Sarah, by the way. Smaller blonde woman, just in okay. case she's watching the show or listening. <laughs> think I don't remember the difference. And I'm like, yeah, I remember. And like, his cancer's back. It's oh. resurfaced. We want to do another piece on the whole thing or what's going on with it. Like, okay, cool. Uh, and like, you're going to be the one to do it. I'm like, okay, great. No big deal. You know what I mean? I can do that or whatever. So I reach out to his family. Uh, they're totally down with it or whatever. But like, the stakes are another level this time around where it's yeah. like, no, no, no. He beat it once and now. It's back, which means his body, that drug no longer works. Okay. And they were like, that is the drug. Like, we don't have other options here. We don't know where, you know, how it's going to work. And it was that, all right, there's this experimental treatment. Like, where he's going to have to drive it from Columbia to St. Louis two hours to get treatments and get this new, this new kind of chemo. Because chemo, of course, cocktails. It's not just one thing. It's multiple things, all right. different things. Uh, he's going to have to go there and get this. And it's, it's got a very small percentile chance of working. And I'm, like, and I'm, like, getting all this information downloaded to me. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm... I'm now, now you, know, you know a lot about cancer. Sure. Did you at this point? No. Okay. This is the story I always tell. Okay. If you because uh, here, well, let's go out of time. Yeah. So okay, we'll jump out of time. So what we're gonna do is now jump ahead to 2012, right? And that's when I got cancer. I, I don't know when you got cancer. <laughs> Pretty sure it was 2012. Right? When I met you, you were cancer free. When did I meet you? Uh, you met me in July of 2013. Yeah. So then 2012. So 2012. Okay. So 2012. Uh, around this time of year. Uh, which is July right now, if you're watching this sometime, uh, anchored on YouTube. Uh, the video game industry pops off. It's crazy. There's a million things going on. It's E3. It's Comic-Con. It's this. It's that. It's travel every weekend. Yeah. And right as we were going into everything, like May, when it was about to be Judges Week, which is where you take the E3 things early, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember feeling my, my uh, lymph node, and it was swollen up. And I'm like, fuck, I'm about to get sick right before Judges Week. And I think it had been two years before where I had caught a cold during Judges Week, and it was the worst. Because I'm, like, in a hotel taking DayQuil, but then still trying to go take demo appointments, and it was the worst. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get sick. And then I didn't get sick at Judges Week. Okay. And then it was this thing, and it was E3, and it was that. And I'm like, I'm still not sick, but I noticed my other lymph node had swollen up. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I need to get this checked out, but... I don't have time right now. I'm I'm back for three days a week. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. you you fly back Sunday night and then you leave again Wednesday usually for these trips. You don't have a lot of time. At exactly. All. And so, like, it, and I had a I had a, a finish line in the in the distance I could see where my friend was getting married at the end of August and it was my final or August I should just say and it was my final like this is the point I need to get to when I cross that or I guess it was end of July going into August I apologize uh, going into 
that's my final travel. So when it's done, no big deal. I'll get this checked out. Da 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 da. And at some point in that, all of a sudden, yeah, this other growth appeared on my co- co- behind my collarbone, but coming over like a finger reaching it, yeah. over. Yeah, oh, yeah, you could feel it. It was three dimensional. Like, that's not supposed to be there. Exactly. But still, like you know how your mind works, right? Or at least my mind. I don't know about you. Usually, I get something, and I've done it before, where it's like, oh my god, there's this weird thing, or I got a bump somewhere, and you go check, and the doctor's like, that's totally normal. Why? Are you, why would you come in? This isn't nothing. I'm like, yeah. So you just push health problems. Like, exactly. Not, not a big deal. And I'm like, I'll get to it. I get to it. I get to it. So you jump to this friend's sh- wedding back in Chicago, and the story goes that uh, my girlfriend at the time, Christine Steimer, uh, we, we, she'd never been to Chicago, so we went downtown. And the wedding's like out in the burbs where we I grew up. Went downtown and went up to the Hancock Building Observatory, okay. and we got up to the glass and i got up to the glass and i felt like vertigo i got dizzy and i was like that's not usual for me but it's like i can't tell if that's what this is or if it's something else and i'm like i'll i'll drink some water and monitor the situation we went back down went shopping on michigan avenue christine used to always yell at me because i get this wrong i went to she wanted to go to the purse shop which i believe is chanel which okay. is the fancy expensive purse shop i, I know nothing for a long time i said bags. coach and i think that's not and she used to yell at me because that made it sound like what do you why that's because i'm like it's a fancy shop she's like coach isn't fancy no one knows what you're saying I think it's Chanel. I don't know the difference. Doesn't matter. She had a gift certificate for her birthday. Okay. We went in there. She's looking around. I'm walking with her. She's like, I'm going to go look at those over there. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to sit down over there. Like, like they had like, you know, the boyfriend husband couch. Sure. I'm like, I'm going to go sit over there on this chair. <laughs> and I sat down and I Googled heart attack symptoms because the walls were pulsating in. Oh my. Like I, it was like, oh no, you were, you weren't dizzy because of the height and something's fucking wrong right now. Okay. And I did it and heart attack symptoms don't include pulsating walls. And I was like, I'm not going to be the motherfucker who orders a uh, ambulance on michigan avenue like yeah, i don't want to do that and do go that. to some weird thing i'm like i'm and it settled down i was like all right cool like let's continue to monitor da, da, da. jump ahead to the after uh, the uh, reception for the wedding i've been drinking everyone's been drinking and i'm talking to one of my friends who is a doctor and i start explaining all this he's like get up i'll give you an exam we're all drunk he's like get up i'll give you an examination and he reaches up and he's like yeah your lymph nodes are swollen yeah this is concerning and one of our friends girlfriends walked behind him and she i don't i don't even i don't even know she's still in the picture honestly because it's like it was like a connection of my my friend my best friends college friends this is one of their girlfriends yeah, like yeah. i don't know her and she just goes she's drunk too she's like oh that's just hodgkin's lymphoma that's the one you want and just walked away and what it, and i and like because she has known somebody that also that happened to and he, my friend who's like there he's like and he, I'm, like, I'm not panicking about it. he's like yeah don't worry about that just get it checked out i'm like i'll get it checked out i get home Get the doctor's appointment. I go in there, and I always tell a story, which is it's one of those funny because I can't remember, but it's memorable, where I went in, and it was, oh, yeah, my lymph nodes are swollen, but I'm more worried about this. And I can't remember if it was my knee. Maybe I thought my dick was going to fall off. Something <laughs> something else was, like, way more concerning to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he checked the knee, and he was like, no, it's not. That, that's fine. Don't worry about that. And then uh, uh, he said, he's like, what's the other thing? I'm like, oh, my lymph nodes. And it was one of those where he reaches up, and he's like, and his eyes immediately go wide. Okay. And I was like, hmm. And then he went down. And he's like, okay. And he walked over and he got a ruler and he came back and started measuring everything and taking down notes. And he's like, how long is it? He's like, all right, cool. I'll be right back. Left. Came back in. He's like, these are concerning. Yeah. I'd like you to get a, 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 a. It wouldn't have been a PET scan. So it would have been a, a CAT scan, right? He's like, I want you to go get a CAT scan. I want you to yeah. go get this stuff checked out. And if uh, you're gonna have foreign listeners, I always stress this part of the story. You know it. Better than anybody. How slow the American metal system, yes, medical yes, system is. Oh, you need to get this checked out. Three weeks later, you will get you in there or whatever. If his, you can pay for it. His, yeah, don't even get me started on the money. His nurse comes in with a post-it note, and she hands it to me, and she goes, you have a CAT scan in 45 minutes. You have one at 2.45. Oh, my. And I was like, 
that's a bad sign. Yes. That, and it's not in this facility. Like, you've got to go now, and you got to get over there. Yeah, that's unusual here. And so I went there, and I got, I get in the tube, and they go, and, his, and the guy comes there. He's like, oh, it'll, it'll be five minutes. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm like, all right, great. Go in the tube. And then it just stops. Uh, and I sit there for like another five, seven, ten minutes or whatever it was. It's, you know, feels long. And it wasn't, I, the machine isn't on, so I know like, they're, All right, they're, do- they're out there talking. They're doing something, and finally comes over. Like, oh, sorry, you know, yeah, just one second. We're having a, we're having a thing back here. Okay, I'm like, All right. five more minutes. He's like, hey, sorry, what we want to do, just bring you up to speed, is we want to scan lower, but we need to get permission from your doctor or the resident on call. So we've paged both of them. We'll get back to you. Like, yeah. Oh God. And ten minutes later, they're like, all right, like we can't get them, but you know, come on out. It's no big deal. And they bring me out. And like, you've been in there long enough, or whatever. And I immediately call that doctor friend again, and I'm like, so. They get a preview, right? I know they're not going to diagnose me off it, but they, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so they saw something clearly below me because they only went to like the center of my chest. And he's yeah. like, yeah, they saw something else. I'm like, great, okay. just making sure. Da, da, da. So the cards go, you know what I mean? That yeah, I have cancer. I get the doc, you know, before I get the diagnosis from the doctor, like everything's posted online for you in your private little file, and I'm reading it all and like googling words, and it's like very much like they're like, yeah, it's clearly cancer, but we can't make the diagnosis. The doctor's got to make the diagnosis. So what's the? I mean, when that's happening, what's going on inside you? <laughs> This is what's going on is naivete. And so what goes on is I read it. And I'll never forget reading at IGN and reading the first part where it's like, this is a cancerous, like basically this is a cancerous growth. They yeah. said it some other way. And I got teared up for a second and then it passed. Huh. And then I started printing off all my documentation on what I'm going to highlighting words and da, 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 da. And I, t- I, you know, I am Christine at the time. She wasn't at IGN any longer. And I'm like, yeah, it looks, oh no, I, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. The story's, you know, so fraught with things it's all right but i i print it all off i come home i, I colin had already kind of known we were playstation team guys so i and we were living together so i'd been keeping up with the day on what was happening we came yeah. home with all the documentation our other roommate mike came home and he, he was me like what's going on because like i was over there and i had this file i'm like i might have cancer it looks like i have cancer I'm like, okay blah, blah, blah. and so uh we you know going the doctor calls me then later i have the appointment you have cancer it's official it's hodgkin's lymphoma stage two this is what's happening da 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 and what had happened is I had, you know, Wikipedia at Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? And when right. he's like stage two or whatever, it's like, oh, it's like 86 percentile survival rate. And I'm like, I'm going to be fine. And like, because there's like things. There's like, only a 14 percent chance I'll die. Well, it's like the 14 percent, though, is like such a rarity. And it's this yeah. thing. And it's an older person. And it's like, OK, cool. And it begins the the all too brief period where I'm like, this is kind of cool really yeah i'm like i'm like you know what i mean this is it sucks to have cancer sure like i don't want to lose my hair i don't want to you know go through all this i don't want to mainly i was like i don't i don't want to lose my hair it'll be cool to lose weight uh and but i'm like mainly it's like it'll be cool to have a story and to show you how fucked up i was at ign it's still kind of funny when I, i struggle with it every day where i'm like what's exciting about this is that every other week I get three hours off where I don't have to check email or worry about it. I can just play Vita and I can get trophies and I can have a good time. And I shit you not. That's a real thought I have. Not like I could have taken that time anytime I wanted, of course, but you feel like I was running the PlayStation team. I was very serious about my job. I was doing all these different things. And like my work is who I am. It is my life. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the, you know, what is it? Live to no work to live, not live to work. And I'm like, no, I really like work. I really like what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that'll be talking for another time of how I'm trying to struggle with that right now and change that. But I was like, oh, no big deal, whatever. And so, the reason I have this fucked up conception of cancer is Tim Grant. Okay. And so to jump back in the past, you're gonna cover Tim Grant. 
super crazy chemo thing he's got to go to. I follow him around for months. I'm at his birthday party. He wanted for his birthday party a superhero party. So everybody shows up in superhero costumes. His teacher is talking to me. She breaks down in tears. Like everybody wants me to beat this. Let's stop here for a second. Let's talk about the first time you met him. Okay, sure. Uh, Tell me about that. Uh, The very first time you met, actually met Tim face to face. You get the assignment. How does this happen? I reached out to his family. Uh, uh, his parents were super, super nice folks. They they were really accommodating, awesome, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, because I go to their house and it's on you know out uh, it's out in the outskirts of well you know it's outside of Columbia, yeah, and uh, small town Missouri, and it's a it's a modest home. And I open the door, and the dad is playing uh, Lego Star Wars, and Tim is sitting next to him. Okay, and I was like, oh, I play this game. I this you know this is when Lego Star Wars is a big deal on PS2. I'm like, I play this game too or whatever. Uh, How old was Tim at this point? Uh, he would have been six because I was there for his seventh birthday, I believe. The article's still up; you can check it. Uh, but then it's like you walk around the house. They, sh- he, you know, they show me his room. Uh, he has like the the Spider Man like fat heads on the wall, and he's wearing a Superman shirt, and he has a Nintendo DS. And by the end of this, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't I'm I'm a guy who doesn't think he wants kids for the most part. You know what I mean? It's I, I'm pretty sure that'll always be the case. Okay. But if I wanted a kid, I would have had a Tim Grant. What was it about Tim? Was it was it? It's the fact that he would. I, I see myself in him. I see all this superhero stuff. I see the video games. I see all this passion for the same thing I had. And the problem I had was that I show up and I'm in a shirt and a tie and I yeah. have a little notebook and I'm just observing, right? Because it's like I'm not going to get much out of Tim. And not not only do I not want to walk all over this kid as he goes through this, it's mainly about his parents, his interactions with his parents. Like my story about Tim, you know, ends up being him talking to someone in the room rather than talking to me. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's me mo- monitoring the situation, him talking, and then walking off with the nurse and talking to her about what he means or his teacher or his parents and all these different things. So Tim's really important to you. Yeah. But from the time you met him, were you ever important to Tim? You're jumping ahead in the story. All right, Jerry. let's keep going then. So I get there, I see his house. He's, he's a cool, super cool kid. Uh, I would say I, this is always a hard thing to, for I think a lot of people to wrap their head around. M- maybe I was just naive, which is also very possible. Well, I already said it. This whole story is about naivete. It's oof, oh six probably now. I think again, you can check the actual story yourself, but it could be oh five, oh six, oh seven. It doesn't matter. What I'm driving at is that there has been no movie fifty fifty with Joseph Gordon Levitt, right? Okay. Which I really think was like. I'm gonna go get people saw that movie. I'm gonna go get chemo and he gets a bag and it's in his arm, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, everybody's like, that's what chemo is. Or maybe they saw somebody go through it. I didn't you know, my parents had or my grandparents had cancer. I didn't see anything happen like on the chemo thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you just sit in the big poofy chair and they plug the thing into your arm. And that was the thing. I didn't even that, see right? that, right? So like my I remember driving two it was a two hour drive obviously to St. Louis to go see Tim get this chemo or whatever. Yeah. And I remember being in the car with my photographer and my interpretation in my head of what I was about to see was Tim put into a tube, like an iron lung and be basically a CAT scan. I thought that's how you got chemo, is that you got like irradiated with it or radiation therapy, which is totally different. Yeah, different different treatment. And so I get there and we walk in and it's no, we're up on the 37th floor or whatever. And it's this great view of St. Louis and Tim walks in, he sits in a chair, they bring out the first bag and they plug it into a port in his stomach, like a little thing he had. And he sits there and he plays DS. And this goes on for like four hours. He plays DS, he gets up, he plays with some trucks, he walks to the window, he talks to his mom, makes a joke to the nurse. And only once did he say, he did something and his mom's like, you know, is your tummy hurt? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, just lay down for a little bit. And he laid down for a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's not what I thought this was at all. No. no big deal. Okay, cool. Good for him. That's great. You know what I mean? And so 
I continue to follow him for the story, and I'm, you know, it's not looking good. You know, he, it's neuroblastoma. He's got these huge tumors on his neck and all this stuff, and he loves his this, that, and his video games and all these different things. And uh, I'm, I'm still working that swing shift. And so I had been talking to my editor about it, and he, he had been like, you know, it's coming along well. I like everything you're saying. You need to get more out of him, though. And I'm like, well, it's so hard because – he i'm clark kent when he sees me you know what i mean like he is like a kid i'd want to have he is somebody like like when he grows up i'd want to hang out with probably you like this young man but he's not somebody that relates to you because he doesn't know i've never been able to how how do you prove you're not just a suit and you actually know everything about spider-man superman as well you know what i mean like what are you playing on the ds you want to play agents you know what i mean and so they were like all right cool like take tuesday and just go, go over and play in clothes and just hang out and play with them. Like, well, we'll cover all the other articles. I was like, that's awesome. And this is, this must've been a conversation like Friday before everybody left or whatever. I'm like, great. Thank you so much. Da, 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 da. Jump ahead to Monday. Then I'm at home. I'm in my shorts. I'm sitting there on my day off playing Lego star Wars, trying to get all the red bricks, <laughs> trying to get all the red bricks. And I got a phone call and I answered it. And I was like, hello. And it was, it was, uh, the pastor for the family and Tim had died. Tim had died the morning, that morning, that Monday morning, I think maybe it was Sunday night. But uh, it was not out of the blue. We knew things were going poorly, but we didn't know we were there. Yeah. And so no one and, had no one had warned you that death was imminent. And we were there right as I was, and like, cause they, like, and that's how confident they were in how, where he was. Right, is the fact that I was going to be able to hang out with him on a Tuesday, yeah. the next day, and play video games and do all these things. But it turned out, yeah, I guess it would have been, but technically, yeah, it would have been either super late sunday or early morning so that tuesday Monday. was the day you were going to make friends with him he was going to i was gonna, you're, he was going to yeah. see that i'm 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 cool like him you know what i mean that we yeah. have the same interests and i'm this i'm not just some guy with a notepad floating around talking to your, all the talking on the outskirts of all your, your people or all your parents and so then the story you know shifts from being how they're going to beat this or what it's going to be to now the aftermath of that and going to his funeral and covering that and like you know, watching his little sister who I, I opened my story with the little sister letting go of a balloon with everybody else. And it's like, she doesn't know that she's letting go of a balloon at her brother's funeral. And the, yeah. I forget her name was Gracie. I want to say she was one or two, maybe, maybe one and a half. Too, what, too young to really understand. No real idea happening. of what's happening. Yeah. 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 That Greg, I, I, I don't want to be overly painful here. This is painful to relate. I imagine. But yeah. I mean, when you got that news, what, what was your, what was your response? were you in shock were you yeah it was shock i mean because like the, the story goes that tim grant is an incredibly important person to me in my life yeah. but i don't know that until i get removed from it yeah. where it's like it happens and i'm stunned i probably you know did a, maybe a couple tears or whatever right but then it was back to the job and trying to compartmentalize and doing all this different stuff and you just moved on with life this was a tragedy right was it, was it, but like it, yeah. the thing about it is, it, it I move on with my life, but I immediately notice a change. And I guess this will help us set it down. That's good. It'll notice. It'll this will help us set up the time period really well on when he died. Is that I had just gotten my Wii and I got my Wii at launch. Okay. So what year are we? Oh, that would be two thousand six. Nailed it. So, uh, what had happened is since I had missed that opportunity to connect with Tim. What I did is, and this is one that we super hard to find. Obviously, it's a, it's a different thing. I remember those dark days. I had a, I, I started a, uh, a weekly session where I went to the Columbia Children's Hospital with the Wii, and yeah. I, I brought my games and would plug it in and let people play and do whatever they wanted for these kids who couldn't get out. You just started doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did you were you cognitive of the fact that this was connected to what happened to Tim? Yeah, yeah, it was in a way, but but it was more of the fact of like, oh, I've seen what it's like to be in a hospital and be a kid. This sucks, and I have this, and I'd love to go play Wii Tennis with people. Why not? You know what I mean? Okay. And it, but it wasn't like, I'm doing this because of Tim. I wondered, had you ever done anything like this before? No, 100% no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is also that, like, you know, 
I'm just out of college by, I guess, at that point, what, a year and a half or whatever. Like, I'm still, I'm not an adult by any means. Stretching Stretch the muscles the of adulthood. Yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. So you start exactly. doing this, yeah. and then you have your weight. Then what happens? I get picked up at IGN pretty shortly thereafter. Okay. Move out there, and I, and I, for a brief second, think about doing it here, but San Francisco is much harder to navigate, and there's different things going on, and I'm broke as hell. And I don't live, you know, near a children's hospital, and there's, you know, all these different problems. So when does this young boy who yeah. became who died right after his seventh birthday. Yeah. Right? When does this young man become somebody you found that you were thankful for? I get cancer. I get cancer and discover I'm going to have to go through chemotherapy every other week. I don't care. I'm totally like, whatever. I embrace... Okay, this sucks. It'll be fine. But I remember... Like, and to show you how... like You know, I talk about how I was naive with him. Yeah. To show you how naive I am about what I was about to face... I call my friends and family that night, like when I when it's finally a diagnosis, and I know that I'm gonna put the blog up the next day, and I'm gonna tell everybody at IGN the next day. Yeah, I call my family the night before, my friends, and for mom and dad, I played a bit differently, but I'm very jovial about the whole situation. Where mom, I'm like, hey, I, she's like, why are you calling me? Because I don't call my parents during period, let alone during the week. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's I'm, this is a, something's wrong, and I'm like, hey, I have something to tell you, and this is my mom. Don't freak out. And I immediately go, you know what? I'm sorry. That's not the right reaction. You do whatever you have to do. I'm sorry. I have cancer. And she breaks down, of course. And then I call my dad. And my dad is very much like uh, our audience knows him uh, from he did an exclusive game over Greggy with us. He's very much the blue collar, the Chicago construction worker, okay, uh, the emotional rock guy. And so I call him and I I thought this is going to be super easy. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have cancer. And it's met with deafening silence wow and so i immediately start feeling i'm like well yeah, but it's not a bad cancer and it's this that and, blah, 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 blah. and he he's like okay and walks and i walk him through everything that's gonna happen now you, you talk you actually use the term this is how i played this yeah where you were trying to were you, were you trying to console these folks were, sure did it just not feel dangerous to it you it didn't feel all? dangerous okay. to me at all. all right. and so then i call my friends and this is this is the real thing of like how off base i am with like reality where i call my friends and they're all like What's wrong? What's going on? You never call, let alone at the middle of the night. And I go, what do you think I'm calling about? And I make them guess. <laughs> I make, you made them guess yeah. you have cancer? No, 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 no. It was like, they, I'd be like, why do you think I'm calling? Yeah, you're getting married? No. Like, you didn't know. I was like, just imagine the world, world's like most morbid 20 questions game. Totally. Well, I cut them off after one or two. Usually. Okay. I'm like, no, I have I cancer and this that. is what's going to happen. I want to ask tomorrow. And everybody's, you know, upset. But it's like this whole thing. And it's like, I don't vocalize to people of like, Oh, it's not a big. I do say it's not a big deal, but I'm not like oh, I can't wait to play Vita, and that's not gonna be, you know, whatever. It's my my whole thing with was I'm, it's gonna be a story. It's a it's a wrinkle to my life. I'm gonna be fine, so it's just something to do right now. No big deal, whatever. Tell IGN, you know, I'll never forget having everybody gathered around at IGN and telling them, and then like Naomi broke down, like, and I was like. Well, chill. It's not that bad. You know, it's not that bad. <laughs> da, da, da. I just have a life-threatening disease. Exactly. And so then it goes that we go to that first chemo. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, uh, Christine had just gotten her job at PlayStation at the time. And so she was very adamant about, I'm going to take these days off. I'm like, you just got a job. You can't take every other Friday off. She's like, I'm going to make them understand. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, I will take Muni there. I will take the bus to chemo and I will keep. She's like, you are not munying to chemo you have this mental image of of chemo based on this is nothing based on the based on the plug-in you weren't around for the aftermath you weren't around for what ravages happened right and so that well and like that was the thing of she's like no i'm not gonna do that so we go to this chemo we sit down and like all right it's gonna be you know we get there like 
I don't know, one o'clock or whatever. And, you know, it's going to be like three, four hours of this that's going to go on or whatever. I'm like, oh, they run me through all the things. All right, great. Blah, blah, blah. They come in, they give me a banana bag of saline. I'm like, all right. Blah, blah, blah. And they come in, they're like, all right, first off, we, we, we one in 100,000 people are allergic to this drug or whatever. So we give you a little under your skin, they put it under my skin just to make sure you're okay. And they do it and they pull back. And I'm like, ow. I'm like, that hurt? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, huh. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. No big deal. Uh, all right, cool. This is what's happening here. That's We're giving you the saline. This is the bell when you need water, when you need a snack. Just ring the bell. We'll come help you. I'm like, all right, great. Blah, blah, blah. And so I look, and like they leave, and I turn back to Christine. She's telling me some story, and we're just sitting there, blah, blah, blah. And then just out of the blue, like, entire left side of my body goes dead. Just wow. like you're sitting there, and I just, it, it's, I can't describe the feeling because there is none, but all of a sudden there's no feeling in any anything on the left side Half of my body. Half of your body just stops working. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so I yank up my arm, and I always talk about it being like a wet pasta noodle, and I slam it down on the bell. And Christine goes, What's wrong? And I go, The left side, the le- uh, left side of, and I, like, I had seen enough wrestling with JR, you know, when J- Jim Ross got Bell's palsy yeah. to know I, I'm like, Everything's dead on the left side of my body. And the nurse comes in. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, everything's dead on the left side of my body. And she's like, all right, I'll go get the doctor. And she runs out of the room. And Christine's like, just keep talking to me. Tell me what's happening. And I'm like, entire left side of my body is dead. And your mouth is tinfoil. Oh. And she goes, what do you mean my mouth is tin?" And the doctor comes back in. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, the left side of my body is tinfoil. I'm sorry, the left side of my body is dead. And all of your mouths in the room is becoming tinfoil. And he's like, you're having an allergic reaction to bleomycin. And as he's talking, it just creeps in around. To, I can just see eyes. And the rest is crinkly tinfoil giving off, like, the prism, you know, like, the rainbow colors of everything. Wow. And they're like, that's why we gave you the test <laughs> to see if this would happen. You're clearly allergic to bleomycin. There's nothing we can do but let it run its course. And, like, this is all happening in a much faster, frantic pace. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and, yank and, it and, out of my arm. horrifying universe. And I'm like, yank it out of my arm, then yank it out of my arm. And they're like, no, that's the saline. That's not what you're allergic to. That's actually going to flush it. We need to leave it. But, like, we're going to have to wait this out and blah, 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 and you'll come back and blah, blah, blah. So eventually, yeah, you know, like 45 minutes later, we're back on track. It's I can see again or whatever. And so they come back in like, all right, we're going to have to give you this different drug then. We're still going to have to give you all these other drugs. We still haven't given you any drugs technically, so we have to keep going. And so it's like, all right, great. And they came back in and like, you know, they put one in and then you get it. And like, I'm sensitive to light all of a sudden. And then they come back in and he, he comes back in for like the second or third one. And he's in uh, like riot mask, riot shield mask in these gloves in this giant blue tarp. And I'm like, and he's got this syringe of like neon red fluid. And he's like, we have to take precautions with this one because if it gets on your skin or your clothes, it'll eat it. And I was like, all right, but you're injecting it into, into all right. my body. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. If this yeah, touches yeah. my skin, it will burn me. Right, right, but, right. So, he, you know, they put it through and like, all right, now, Greg. Greg, you're, you're being very, uh, it is sure. in your demeanor sure. to show a, a, a positive nonchalance. Right. Inside you, what's happening during all this? I mean, I mean, it's shock again. You know yeah. what I mean? Of like, what is going on? Like, what is this? Is not what I expected. This is not how this was supposed to go. What is happening? Da 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 da. Fear or not? Not yet. Not yet. So like, what goes on is that it, they give me a couple. They give me the rest of them. We get out of there like six or six thirty or whatever. And like, I get back in that car, and Christine's like Mini Cooper, and just like in a sweatshirt against the thing. And it's like silent ride home. You know what I mean? I'm sure we talk yeah. a little bit, but it's just like. And like we get home, she's like, "I'm gonna go to the store. I'm gonna buy us food, you know." But like, because again, we were like, "I was so whatever. We'll go to dinner that night. It won't be a big deal." Da 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 da. We'll Even figure then. out. Yeah, but this is before. Okay. Then then we get, and I'm like, "All right, cool." So she drops me off at the house. I come up. I come inside, and I I'll never forget it. That I come into the room and I turn the corner at my dresser and I go to walk into my bathroom and like you you were just in my room, you yeah. know that hallway there with the closet, like yeah. just a closet on both side, just break down. And it all hits me that it's not that I'm I'm 
it's I was so naive about everything and I'm so naive about Tim which now reflects on me years later of how brave he was and so how, he comes to your mind right exactly here. oh my god yeah. oh my it's all I can think about at that point and not how tough my day was just in the fact of like I so undersold this because he was so good at it you know what I mean he was so brave like because this it chemo will go on for me another six months right I was supposed to be on a nine month schedule but I got it in six and no chemo is ever the same. I probably play a grand total of an hour of Vita because your eyes hurt. I wear sunglasses in there. You pull a hood over. Sometimes I'll get nauseous. Eventually, the saline started to make me sick, so I'd have to eat Jolly Ranchers when they gave me shots. So that it, like it was, you know, like the lens wipes we use, you use at IGN. Yeah. Like when I I used to open those once a week, and even opening those would make me gag because the smell reminded it, it tastes like the saline. Because wow. when they give you the saline, it hits your blood. It immediately goes to your taste buds. Okay, you taste it right. And there. so it was like all these different things of like. I, 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 you know, I talk about it where I think it was a month or a month and a half in or whatever where we were getting one. I was getting another chemo and I broke down in tears. And Christine goes, what? And I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. And she goes, when was it ever fun? And I'm like, you, I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't understand what this was going to be. I only knew Tim's story. I only knew Tim's struggle. But having not not having had that relationship with him there's no and he's not an adult either there's no yeah. way for me to sit there and talk to him about what chemo was actually like for him and so like not only is it jarring for the tim story of it, that this is like i'm so suddenly so thinking of him and columbia and the tribune uh i you know which he's i don't even remember anymore three months into chemo four months into chemo whatever I wake up one day and open the computer and there's a message to me on Twitter, I believe. And it was from a guy I didn't know at the Tribune, but it now worked at the Tribune. And he's like, Greg, I don't know if you'll see this, but Irene died. And Irene was this awesome columnist we had who also had Hodgkin's lymphoma, who was this basically like like your your raunchy grandmother, right? Like she was like the office mascot. But she wrote this humor column. She was amazing. She was sharp as a wit till the day she died. She was just fucking awesome. And when I got there, she took me under her wing because like we were like very much the same personality. You know yeah. what I mean? We'd go out for wings. Like this is like an awesome fucking lady. And she had uh, clunked her head. You know, and she's a woman who had beaten cancer and done all this stuff and all these horrible things that happened to her, but she overcame, 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 turned him into fucking hilarious columns and books and stuff like that. And then, like, yeah, hit her head. And, like, it was one of those where she hit her head, but, like, was still in the hospital talking and cracking jokes. But then I, I, and I'm rusty on her story at this point. Maybe okay. a blood clot or something to that effect where it was like, oh, she's going to be fine. Nope, she's dead. Yeah. And it was just out of the blue. And I get that. I call this guy that I don't know. I break down. I'm t- crying to Christine, obviously, about it. And I was like, and I'm I'm home because it's a chemo day. I'm going. It's Friday morning. I'm going to chemo. And I'm like, I'm going to this funeral tomorrow in Columbia. And Christine's like, there's no fucking way you are. Like, Christine had to be like fucking truth warrior a lot with me back then. Yeah. Of like, no, you're not. Like, uh, you can't. It, it sounds like if, 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 I hope this isn't rude, but it sounds like denial was kind of the order of the day. 100%. Uh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because, it, but it was like, you know, it's one of those things of, you know, like right now, if you know my mom called and like, or my her husband called, like if your mom's in the hospital. It's like microphone down and I'm out. Yeah, call I call call or I yell at Kevin to take care of Patillo and I'm out the fucking door. Right, and like that's what the connection I had with this Tribune family with Irene yeah. in particular, and and also like you know to bring it down, Porty, to bring it back to you know another you know sad moment before this, like I I felt a lot of regret because George had died. George had gotten sick after I left and nobody told me. Like yeah. nobody had told me that he was he was uh, gonna die and this stuff. So one day I follow you know, I still follow the Tribune on uh, uh 
Twitter, and I was walking Portillo outside of the old apartment, and I looked down, and it was like, Tribune editor dead. I was like, who the hell? Who would have died? And I clicked on it. was George, and I was devastated. And like, the services were that day. There was no way for me yeah. to make it. So you're, you're finding these people that Bill left behind have died. Yeah. You're going through this. You just keep thinking. So where... What, here's what I need to ask yeah. you about this, because uh, the, the the first question I want to bring this back around is tell me about somebody you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for Tim. When did you become thankful for Tim? When did it transform from here's a boy I knew yeah. to here's an experience I can relate to as you're breaking down of that doorway to here's that memory of him in the chemo. Where does the ultimate where's the click where does the shift i mean the click is when i break down in the hallway because that's that's where all the pieces come together to show like oh no 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 like i thought i was covering the story and i did did it fine but i didn't have his experience and now that i'm living his experience i now know on a level it's always that thing like to this day somebody will tweet at me that they have cancer and i dm i follow back and dm with them because i understand what that means and how that's going to go and suddenly there's a shorthand and there's crib information here that like to set you up and to know what you're about to go through. And I tell them, take someone to chemo. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do this. And there was, I remember there was a guy, uh, I won't name names or whatever, who was like, he, he was in England and he wasn't sure if he was going to have somebody. And I was like, I was like, I will come. Like, I will yeah. fly myself out there to we'll come get be somebody there. Yeah. Like, we're, you don't do this alone. This isn't something you can possibly go and do yourself. So, and that's the thing where he gives me that scope that gets me involved with extra life. That makes me motivated to go do all these different things on a different level. I think I've already might have done extra life, but suddenly I know, like, like you know what I mean? Like, uh, I consider myself a pretty fearless person, right? Like, yeah. now granted, most of that's because like early on in my life, I had to get used to being fat and unathletic, and <laughs> you got to be the funny guy, and you got to make fun of yourself, and this, that, yeah. and there. And like, death in general doesn't really doesn't scare me. I'm not yeah. afraid to die if I die tomorrow or whatever. You know what I mean? Blah blah. blah. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to jump out of an airplane. You're I don't, not in I don't, a hurry, but exactly. You're not particularly. Afraid. But like, I now have a great. My greatest fear is like getting sick, getting cancer again, because now I know what that means and what that will be and how that will fuck me up. And I, I to go, I, I'm very blessed that I didn't know what it was. Yeah. To go into that knowing what I was about to do would be a completely different story. How would your life be different if you hadn't known Tim? I mean, cancer would have been probably way more scary, right? Because it would have been the great unknown in terms of like, what is this going to be? I thought I had yeah. a great handle on it. And it's naive and it's stupid when you look back at it, but it did allow me to get through all of that. It mm-hmm. did get me, like I had that like runner's boost, right? Of like, I started out of the block strong where I was like, no big deal. And then even like you get the first one, like the first bad cancer, ke- chemo, and it's like, all right, next one won't be so bad. And like, it's a little bit different, but it's not yeah. great, but it's not like you have ups and downs where they're this, that, and the other. And it's just like, I did, you know, you talk about me not being mean or whatever. Like, you never see me mean to me. Like, I was a dick when I had cancer. And, like, I never came back from that. Like, you know what I mean? I was a much different person before I got sick. But, like, something changes inside of you. Not, and I don't mean, like, well, mentally I do mean. But I mean, like, getting the chemo and going through all that gave me a hair trigger. And it was like, I was always, I was always, I'm like, I'm banner, right? I'm always angry. And it was always, it was always just beneath the surface. And I always credit, like, Casey and Steve were such great bosses at the time because, like, literally Casey would walk over and be like, what's up, man? I'd be like, fuck off. And I'd be addicted. I'd be, like, totally insubordinate to my boss. Or I'd have my hood up and everyone would leave me alone. And everybody understood, like, something was happening. But I don't think even – you can't – I can't even express to you the rage inside of me at any point on any given day on any of these weeks. Because it's like you get the chemo and then you still have all these days of shit. And then maybe as you just start to feel good, you get it again. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just this constant cycle of almost feeling there and then being fucking so mad at everything. And the story, you know, the story I always tell is like, 
I was at IGN and I was super pissed. I was just fucking furious all day long. Work's finally done. I get on the Muni. I pull up my hood, put on my sunglasses because light hurt my eyes. And I'm on the Muni just sitting there cross-armed. I, I don't want to play Vita. I don't want to do anything. I just want to get home and I just want to go to into pajamas and lay down in bed. And the Muni sucks, of course, so it breaks down and this happens. And it's <laughs> I finally get off the Muni. I walk up to the house. I open the, the front door right out there. And I'm, so, I'm like, I'm finally home. And I open it up and the story goes that I look into the kitchen and there's something there that makes me mad. And it's literally, it must have been like, there was a recycling thing on the floor. Like, it's not like a real thing, but it's like the straw. And I'm finally home, and I just slam the door behind me, and I yell, fuck! And as I slam the door, the deadbolt falls out and slams into the door jam and bends the wrong way and, like, chips the door jam all up. And it was just like, I did this thing, and I turned around, and I have a new problem. And I went to my bedroom, and I got the hammer, and I fixed the lock the best I could, which is still fucked up to this day. And I just got it, and I went and laid down. It was just like... That was the thing of like it just you couldn't get away from it because it's everything that saturates you, yeah. and that's why I wrestled with it. You know, like who's yeah. you know who am I thankful for? I'm thankful for Christine, obviously. Like we're no longer a couple. You know what I mean? We still love each other. Obviously, we're still going to be friends forever. But like for those six months, I'm not a good person. Yeah, and she sees it on a level nobody else does. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hide it from you guys, and I hide it from everybody else. My mom and everybody else. But like she doesn't get to be hidden from it, and I'm not a good partner, and I'm not a good person. So I'm thankful for her too, in a different way, obviously. But like, you know, that's a a gut check refining moment all around in terms of cancer and what that actually does to you. Yeah, fundamentally transformative. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad I know you now, Greg. I'm glad I'm you know me am. too. Um, I, I truly am. I got uh, one more for you on this, and then we're going to switch over to some lighter stuff. For okay, sure. But, but one you ask away. I'm an open book. You know that. Yeah, I know. Um, that You are the open book. <laughs> um, if you could see Tim again. Oh, God. What would you do? I mean, I feel like a hug is appropriate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand his struggle. And he understands mine. And I never got to express that to him. He never got to express it to me. So, I mean, that would be the big thing, right? I mean, thank him. Like, he doesn't know. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't know how he's influenced my life. He doesn't know that, like, in that small, the small fingerprint, not because he's a small person, but, like, the small time we had together, like, the way he left it. I was talking about fingerprints left on my heart or my life, right? Or my soul. Like, he let that did. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be as helpful in extra life. I'm not a source for people who are getting cancer or diagnosed with cancer, our friends and fans to come talk to. I'm, you know, I mean, there's all these different things. Well, I guess I would be now, but you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I wouldn't understand on the level. I understand what this is and what it was and what he meant. So you tell him that? Yeah. Yeah. Greg, thank you. I know that's a hard story. No, thank you. I can't even imagine. Um, thank you for being willing to be so transparent. See, this is why I was so excited to have cancer. I got podcast material for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to laugh, too. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the only way you can do it. And, like, it's that weird thing, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like such a different life. You know what I mean? Like, I was talking, you know, I'm a big Superman fan, as I continue to say. And so I'm used to, you know, how DC reboots continuity all the time, but they keep certain aspects of it. And I was talking about, you know, like, my divorce was a continuity continuity reboot where it's like, all right. The marriage thing isn't working for Greg as a character anymore, so get that out, but keep the dog. Like, everybody likes the dog, so he'll speak. All right, let's give him cancer. The cancer isn't working. Get it out. And so it's that super rare thing where, you know how it is. You look at yourself in the mirror, and, like, you're totally not seeing the forest for the trees kind of thing, but I'll look down, and I'll see my scar from my port. Yeah. It's like, all right. Or, like, when I'm 
I don't think about it ever, but like I'll be, if somebody, when I'm in a video and I guess I'm really good at it, like even in this one, right? But like when I'll turn this way or whatever and you see the white spot, I'm like, oh, right, that thing. You know what I mean? Of like that, my, that white spot only came back after my hair grew back. Like it was this weird thing where my body had a reaction there for one reason or another and just grew white so hair. So it's residual for your chemotherapy. Right, 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 yeah. right. And then the other one is I still, this is a permanent scar from where they gave me the bleomycin. Yeah. Like that's how allergic I am to it. Little, little pieces you carry around. Yeah, like these forever. little things where it's like you don't think about it at all and then you look down on like that rare occasion or see an image like, oh, right. That's the thing I do or had. That's a part of my life. Yeah. I, I can't fathom it. I, I've never been through what you have. I thank you for this. No problem. I, uh, we um we do a little uh, uh kind of lightning round here at the end of questions about you. Okay. We've been talking about Tim and his. Like I say, we life. do this. This is your first episode. That's true. But I you know I, I've recorded others. Uh, no, we, don't spoil it. I'm supposed to see you so first. I, you don't yeah. Know. Well, that's it. Well, you are. You okay. get that. Everybody support but, on uh, Patreon.com/slash/JaredBetty. Oh, you're too sweet. But yeah, please do. Uh, <laughs> some quick ones. What's the best song written in the last 100 years? Jamie by Weezer. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Laughter. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Chocolate. If you could travel through time to meet anybody, who would you visit? Oof, I always think, I can I bring them with me or am I just talking to them? You're just talking to them. You know, I have all the things in my pockets? You can give them the things in your pocket. I would love to see like ben, Benjamin Franklin see some of the shit we got now. Oh. Come back there with like a fucking cell phone, be like, and even if it's just look at, I have photos on my phone. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're reading my Ben Franklin's mind. Oh yeah, it's mine too. Yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing. I, dude's incredible. Yeah, just, that, I, and I, that's what I was thinking. about. I'd love to bring him forward. You know oh. what I mean? Like any of the founder. I mean, like him in particular because he's like such a character of the founders. But yeah. like to bring him here and be like, look at what happened. He, <laughs> you know he, what I mean? He's the Greg Miller of the founding fathers. Yeah, that's what they say. He wanted the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? Ah, uh, tarantulas. Uh, what's your favorite word? I jumped a fuck. I'm trying to do the clear your head. You know what uh -huh. I mean? I do like a good fuck. Yeah. The word. Okay. Yeah. That's your word? I mean, I like right. having sex as well. But. Who was your first kiss? Oh, my God. Uh, a girl named Jessica. Mm -hmm. Like, that. that is another, like, not thankful for it, but, like, when you talk about, uh, man, like, parts of your life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, she was the first person in... This is a, man. This is a, maybe another podcast. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah. this is a, Jessica, which by the way, also, also weird. I'm starting to worry about the simcatico here. Also, my first kiss, Jessica. Oh, yeah. Ben okay. Franklin and Jessica. We're, that's, that's we're it, right there. Things. Cake or pie? I like cake. Yeah, I do like cake. You can get a bad cake. I understand, but like, you get a good cake. I think it's better than a good pie. Okay, that's a. And uh, what's one question you have for me? Oh man. I asked you so many today on the podcast. Yeah, you did. Game uh, we recorded Gregor earlier show. today. Yeah, and Gamescast, I guess. Which you should uh, watch, subscribe to, and support, we hope. What do you want to be doing? What do I want to be doing? Yeah. Um, in this moment, in, in life? Like, I mean, right, right now, or even if you're like talking about building your career to a certain point. In a dream world where I could do whatever I wanted, um, I would be that rarest of all creatures, the professional uh, writer of books. Mm. If I could do anything i wish yeah that's what i'd be doing i would make enough money writing books to support myself i would write fiction and non-fiction and i would write hardbound books and kindle books and soft cover books and i would write hackery and i would write history <laughs> and i would write something beautiful that's and, awesome uh that's what i would do if i could it's my dream that's a good one thanks man appreciate you asking once again, Greg Miller, where can uh, the where can the internet find you in case uh, in case they don't already know? You can go find me at kindoffunny.com. That's K-I-N-D-A, not kind of. It's one of those things we hope you hear it and you understand what we say, but we're never sure. Yeah. 
and uh, making wonderful things. I really do encourage you guys. Well, to thank you so much. You were just on two of them, so go watch those episodes. No, those are out there. They are uh, through the magic of nonlinear editing. Right. Uh, uh, Greg, thank you so much for being a part of this. Jared, thank you so much. It's an honor to be your first episode. I'm glad to have you here. If uh, you've got questions uh, for Pockets Full of Soup, you can email us at mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. You can also reach out to me on Twitter. I'm Petty, Jared, or you can just go at Pockets Full of Soup. We hope you subscribe on YouTube. That's really important, extremely helpful for us. You can also find our direct download for the audio feed. We are headed to iTunes. At the time you hear this, I don't know if we're there yet. Hopefully we'll find out. Hopefully. That is our hope. But if not, we're on the way. And until then, you can listen and watch in other places. You can find us at pocketsfullofsoup.com. And, of course, you can find us on Ye old Patreon, where we hope that you'd be willing to support us. Uh, take a look there. We have some good reward tiers, some neat exclusives, and things you might be interested in. Uh, so that's that. And uh, until next time, the mystery of Pockets Full of Soup remains unanswered. So Is the next episode you're going to answer maybe, it? Maybe we'll answer it next episode. Maybe. Okay. Who knows? Why is it a pocket full of soup? How does that happen? Subscribe to find out. Subscribe to find out. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Good night.